morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. Good morning, friends and faithful listeners. My name is Jen. I am the host here of the Bible Explained podcast. And I'll be honest with you guys, I'm getting kind of tired of my introductions. (laughs) I think it would be nice to switch it up a little bit, but I've got no ideas. So if you guys have any ideas about a switch up I could do for the introduction, that'd be really appreciated. You can throw those ideas over at Facebook, facebook.com slash P40 Ministries. And message me over there. Tell me how you think I could switch up the introduction of the podcast. Or you can tell me that you like it the way it is and you don't want me to switch it up. I have had people that really enjoy routine and kind of the same thing. I get kind of bored with routine. I'm going to be honest with you guys. (laughs) I, I have to switch things up on my own when I'm doing the podcast. Sometimes I'll sit outside at the episode. Sometimes I'll do them at night. It just depends. Like I have to, on my own, switch my routine up. Otherwise I get um, kind of antsy. But okay, let's talk about Luke 18 verses 18 through 30. This is a very famous portion of the Bible talking about the rich young ruler. Oh, and actually speaking of rulers, I heard that Queen Elizabeth died. So to everybody living in Great Britain, I am sorry to hear that. I know she had a very long life, died at the age of 96. That's a great life. But to everybody in Great Britain, my condolences. But going back to scripture, let's go ahead and read Luke 18, 18 through 30. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. this morning. Feel free to grab your version of the Bible and your cup of coffee. And let's go ahead and start reading. A certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus asked him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except one, God. You know the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother. He said, I have observed all these things from my youth up. When Jesus heard these things, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was very rich. Jesus, seeing that he became very sad, said, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter into God's kingdom. For it is easier for a camel to enter through the needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into God's kingdom. Those who heard it said, Then who can be saved? But he said, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Peter said, Look, we have left everything and followed you. And he said to them, Most certainly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for God's kingdom's sake who will not receive many times more in this time and in the world to come eternal life. Okay, so Jesus is still doing his stuff. He's going down to Jerusalem. He's making his way there, encountering people on the way, blessing people, healing people, uh, removing demons from people. All sorts of stuff. So now he encounters this young, rich ruler. And we know that he's rich because Luke tells us. And also there's other accounts of this young ruler where he is described as young, rich, and a ruler. (laughs) Now, we don't know what kind of a ruler he was. Um, I would guess just by the way he talks to Jesus that he was not a ruler of the synagogue because he calls 
Jesus a good teacher, even Jesus was like, well, why are you calling me good? Because back in these days, the Pharisees believed that only one was good, and that was God. Nobody else could be considered good. So Jesus asks this, uh, this kid, he's like, why do you call me good? There's only one that is good, God. No one is good except one. God is what he says. So he's calling not only this rich young ruler to think about why he called Jesus good, but he's also declaring himself to be God. I don't consider this to be something where Jesus is like, I'm not God. Why are you calling me good? I think Jesus is just asking a question. Why do you call me good? There's only one that's good, God. And this is just one of many ways I think that Jesus does declare himself to be God. We're going to talk a lot more about Jesus declaring himself as God in the book of John, because John's entire theme was Jesus is God. You will see that theme all throughout the book of John. So yes, Jesus does in fact declare himself, I believe, to be God on several occasions. And this one is another one where he does. So he asks this ruler to think about why he called him God. Oh, and that was my other point I was going to make. That's why I believe this uh, rich young ruler was not a Pharisee was because Pharisees would not have called Jesus good. They just wouldn't have. First and foremost, they didn't like Jesus. <laughs> they didn't believe him to be the Messiah, so they never would call him good. But this young ruler did. So then after this, Jesus is like, okay, let me answer your question. You asked, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So in verse 20, Jesus says, you know the commandments, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't give false testimony and honor your father and your mother. Now, I want you guys to notice something about these commandments that Jesus gives this ruler. It's only part of them. And Jesus was extremely clever here because the only ones that he mentioned to this young ruler were the ones, or rather the commands, about respecting other people. Because that is how the Ten Commandments can be broken down. The first few are talking about honoring God, and the last few are talking about honoring your neighbor, respecting other people. And in fact, when Jesus says that the first greatest commandment is to love God, and the second one is to love your neighbor as yourself, he literally put all the Ten Commandments into a nutshell. But to this rich young ruler, he cleverly states only the commandments that are talking about respecting other people. Don't murder, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't lie, and then honor your father and your mother. So the rich young ruler answers Jesus and he's just like, I've observed all those things from my youth up. So I'm a good boy. I have never disrespected anybody. I'm faithful to my wife. I haven't stolen. I haven't lied. I haven't, uh, you know, disrespected my mom and dad. <laughs> so Jesus doesn't argue with him. He's like, okay, well, there's one thing that you lack. He says, sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. With that, Jesus is reminding this ruler that he doesn't love God. He's saying, you're still lacking one thing. You don't love God. You care too much about the things of the world in order to follow God. So this rich young man gets very sad because he was very rich, is what it says. Now, a lot of people have taken this 
verse out of context to say that rich people can never be saved. And we'll especially talk about that in a moment here. But that's not true because we actually see rich people in scripture becoming saved often. (laughs) I mean, we saw the eunuch, the guy that was like uh, the attendant to the queen becoming saved. We see a few rich people with Paul becoming saved. We see uh, Matthew, actually, Matthew could have been very rich because he was a tax collector and he was hosting dinner parties and stuff. So Matthew very well could have been quite rich himself. We see rich people becoming saved regularly in scripture. Regularly. (laughs) That is a really hard word for me to say. I don't know why. Regularly. But we see these rich people becoming saved often in scripture. We cannot take this verse out of context to say that rich people can never be saved. But the problem comes in when the rich person loves their life on earth too much. And that's what Jesus is going to talk about next. And that's unfortunately what was happening with this young ruler. He loved his life on earth. He loved his riches. He wanted them. He wanted them more than the things of God. He didn't love God, even though he may have followed the those last five commandments very well about uh, respecting other people. He wasn't following the first five commandments, which was to love God first above all. So unfortunately, this rich young man, his heart loved the world. He didn't love God. So Jesus gets down to the core of what was happening with this young man. And so he says, sell your stuff, give it to the poor, and then come and follow me. In other words, put God first above everything. Then you will have your eternal life following after Jesus. It's really cool. I've been um, talking on this podcast recently a lot about imitating Jesus. I don't know why that feels like it's been a theme for the past few days. And today's verse for me on you uh, version, the verse of the day Let me see what it says here. It says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Ephesians 5, verse 1. I thought that was really cool that um, the theme of imitating God keeps coming back over and over. And what Jesus is calling this young man to do is basically to imitate Jesus. Everything that you and I are supposed to do, if we want to be Christ followers, we're supposed to imitate Jesus. That includes baptism, you know, because Jesus was baptized. That includes the way Jesus treated others. That includes the way Jesus prayed to the Father. We just need to imitate Jesus. So this rich young man, unfortunately, was unwilling to do this because he cared too much about his life on earth. And we don't know if his heart was changed down the line. We don't know anything else other than this very unfortunate story where the young man went away very sad. It's kind of just a very sad story. It really is. So after this, when the man goes away very sad, Jesus says to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter into God's kingdom. For it is easier for the camel to go through the needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into God's kingdom. So, I mean, if you think about a camel and you think about the eye of a needle, Uh, Those two things don't fit, right? I mean, a camel does not go through the little hole in the needle. I can barely get my thread. I have, okay, I've been crocheting recently and um, I have this like 
crocheting thread needle thing. And the hole is really big and I still can't get the yarn through it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even get the yarn through like a large needle eye. So, I mean, a camel certainly couldn't go through the eye of the needle, right? And I mean, people have said that the eye of the needle was a real place, like a little gate where the camel had to like scooch, scooch through or whatever. But the point Jesus is making here is the fact that it is impossible with riches to get into heaven. Because, I mean, here's what the young man said. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? This young man thought that there was something he could do in order to inherit eternal life. But it's not something that the young man could do. And that goes for everybody, not just rich people. We cannot get into heaven on our own. No matter how hard we try, we ain't getting there. It's only through grace. We have to remember that. It's only through God's grace that we can do anything So the disciples are so confused when they hear that riches can't save them (laughs) because they thought back in these days, and sometimes we still think this to this day, actually. I mean, the prosperity gospel is is crazy, but we kind of have a tendency to believe that if we are blessed through riches, God's favor kind of shines down on us, I suppose. But that's not necessarily true. Like sometimes, yes, God does bless with monetary things or whatever, But the point is, is that money does not equal us being saved. (laughs) It just doesn't. So the prosperity gospel is a lie in the fact where it doesn't say anywhere in scripture that if we start following Jesus or following God, that we're going to get blessed with money and riches and whatever else and happiness and all this stuff. It does say we're going to have joy, which joy is very different from happiness, but It doesn't say that we are going to be blessed with money. And Jesus is pointing this out to his disciples because they're like, then who can be saved? (laughs) He says, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. So suddenly a camel going through the eye of the needle does not seem so impossible because God, in fact, can do literally anything. He can do anything. And this goes back to the concept of grace. Yes, a rich man can be saved. We see rich men becoming saved in scripture. But it's only through God's grace. Riches can do nothing to save an individual. And riches do not equal eternal life. And even this young man understood that at least. This young man understood that his riches weren't going to save him which is why he came to Jesus in the first place to ask what he needed to do in order to gain salvation. So after all this, Peter is just like, look, Jesus, we have left everything and followed you. And so Peter makes this observation of like, well, we did what the young man didn't do. We left all to follow you. And really they did. Like, think about this as like a first century person. There was no such thing as insurance. There was no such thing as disability. There was no such thing as any of that. We see that because people who are blind are totally untaken care of. People who are sick can't provide for their families. People who are destitute are living in the streets. So when Peter literally leaves all to follow Jesus, that was a huge commitment that he did because he left behind his wife. We know Peter was married. And his possible children, if Peter had children or not. But either way, he left his family behind 
to go follow Jesus. This would have been a huge step of faith for Peter and his family to do. Peter would have been the sole moneymaker. He would have been the one who had to go out every day to provide and take care of the family. And now that Peter is not necessarily doing that, how is his family going to be taken care of? So Peter literally left all to follow Jesus and his family. It does sound like his family was on board. We find out later on that Peter actually took his wife along (laughs) to the different places that they traveled uh, for missionary work. For now, Peter was following Jesus and trusting that his family would have to be taken care of. So Jesus actually commends Peter for this in a way. He says, most certainly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for God's kingdom's sake, who will not receive many times more in this time and in the world to come eternal life. And no, this does not mean (laughs) that Peter is going to receive more wives on earth or more wives in the afterlife, more brothers on earth, more children, whatever. And here's another way you can look at this. Um, In the eternal life, it says, will not receive many times more in this time and in the world to come eternal life. Jesus has already made it very clear that there's not going to be marriage in heaven. So there's no way that Peter is receiving more wives in the afterlife. So that's not what Jesus is saying here. And also it was wrong to divorce your wife. Jesus makes that very clear as well. It's wrong to divorce your wife. So this is not what this is saying. And unfortunately, people read this and take it to believe that we can divorce our wives or we can have more than one wife or more than one husband or or whatever. But that's not at all what Jesus is saying. You will see later on as the church gets bigger that Peter started having so much family so much security because the church came in and provided for every single person who needed help. They would sell their houses, their farmland, whatever they had, and give the money to the church. And the church would uh, help people with that money who were, in fact, unable to support themselves or their family members. All of a sudden, Peter goes from wondering how his family is going to be taken care of to having hundreds of family members ready to provide for both Peter and Peter's family. And I do believe that's what Jesus is talking about here. Because God's kingdom is huge. Not to mention the other things that the Holy Spirit was going to come and bless Peter and all the other disciples with as well. Such as joy, peace, comfort, uh, all the things that the Holy Spirit is known for. That is what Jesus is talking about here, that when we do, in fact, follow Jesus, take that step of faith to following Jesus, even though we're not sure how we're going to support ourselves, we're not sure how we're going to support our family members, we're not sure about anything other than what Jesus is calling us to do, we will be blessed in the end for it. Maybe not monetarily, but when we take that step of faith, trust that God is going to provide God will, in fact, provide, and we will be blessed in the end for it because 
At that point, we will be laying up our treasures into heaven, not caring so much about this world and our life in this world, but being willing to be uncomfortable for the sake of God's kingdom. That's when Jesus said we're going to be blessed with many times more in this time and in the world to come eternal life. Well, guys, go over to the YouTube channel and take a look at it. I have plans for the YouTube channel. I've been saying that for like almost a year now. <laughs> I do have plans for it. I promise I do. I am excited to start actually using the camera I bought. I, I got a really nice camera, a video camera, and I'm going to start using it. I'm going to start uploading videos soon. My biggest problem at this point is I don't know what to upload. <laughs> So I'm uploading all of the old podcast episodes right now onto the YouTube channel, but I would love to start doing actual video footage of myself talking about a specific issue or specific question out of scripture. I just can't think of anything yet to uh, actually talk about for my first video. But thankfully I do have a video editing software that um, I'm going to be using as well. So I'm excited to start working on the videos for the P40 Ministries uh, YouTube channel. So go over to the YouTube channel, take a look at it, subscribe to it, and tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists. As always, share it. Word of mouth is such a great way to not only evangelize, but to but to help spread the podcast around, I suppose. But you know what, faithful listener, I'm just going to let you go. Have a wonderful day. Happy listening, and God bless. <laughs>